podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me this week, it's great to have him back, it's uh, Benji Lanyardo. Hello. Benji, Benji, as you'll remember, is, uh, well, let's say, if you, if like me, you write countless magazine articles for Vogue and uh, Rolling Stone, and you ask the picture editor to find you a photograph of, uh, of a, uh, uh, a... Anything at all. A duck, Anything. On, a duck on a skateboard, or um, shaking Stevens, <laughs> using... A lathe. <laughs> you would go to Reuters or uh, Getty Images or one of those people, but Benji has come up with a business model that is an antidote to those corporations which, in fact, enslave photographers. Correct. Don't they? And uh, b- barely enough smoked salmon to, for one <laughs> visit to the dark room. Uh, that, ripping You've been off reading photographers. Our, our, our business model. This um, is it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pickfair is Benji's company, and uh, it is a it is a fair trade uh, photograph uh, depository home of photograph electric home of photographs, and that is our tagline. Yes, yeah. yes. If you're an electric every, home of photographs, that's the, the, home, <laughs> the online home of photographs collected not in in celluloid in a dark room, but online online. That, I, I don't know how to answer that. That's perfect. Pickfair.com. Pickfair.com. Visit it and look at the pictures. Is <laughs> and we actually have hired somebody via this podcast. They ah. discovered Pickfair through this podcast. Through this podcast. Yeah, a guy called Jay Douglas, who is now working in sales for Pickfair. Fantastic guy who discovered Pickfair through this podcast and is now working for us. That's fantastic. We're putting people together. We're making connections. I think a lot of... There were, um, there were some people that joined the, the LGBT, the Pride of Irons group through, through hearing it discussed on this podcast. So ah, we, nice. we've, we've done good there. Also with us, um, and it's great to have him back, it's Tony Way. Hello. Tony, as you know, is a, an actor, a hugely, uh, an actor who plays a huge, very huge varying part, of, <laughs> varying, a varying tranche of roles he plays, many of whom are killed. Yep. I wonder if you've, have you been killed since, uh, has, have you played a character oh, that's been killed that's since you were last on? Very good question. What have you been, roll you were through, on sort of... Through. November last year, maybe. Yeah, so you've done successful, haven't you? Murder yeah, successful. Yeah, I may have. No, I didn't die in that. One. Didn't die in that. <laughs> I've actually survived since then. Excellent. You... But I think I've sort of been beaten a lot too. <laughs> I mean, I've been beaten a lot. Right. It's gone from dying death to credits. Beaten. Notable death credits. Uh, every Ben Wheatley film, but but High Rise and Doctor Doctor Who, I did with Ben Wheatley. Um, uh, I die about 2,000 to 10,000 times in Live, Die, Repeat because it's a time loop film. I die in every. I mean, I die in everything. But not um, since November. Yeah, in fact, I texted. I texted Tony whilst watching Game of Thrones, which I'd got oh, out, Thrones, which yeah. I'd got out of Crouch End Library on DVD, and I went, "Hang in there, Tony," or something. And he went, "You haven't got very far." Oh, that's where I remember seeing you. Yeah, yeah, dying. Yeah, always dying just think about it. death, and then the, yeah. my face yes. appears. Good for you. Um, but uh, yes, you're, you're like Ben Wheatley's muse. You're like his muse, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, like, um, sort of. I think you protect a muse, don't you? You don't just kill it off. No, no, I suppose not. No. <laughs> you don't. Um, Alfred Hitchcock must have had one or two blonde actresses that yeah. were in several of his films yeah. and were probably ben, killed in. Ben obsesses over me just the way Hitchcock did over them. <laughs> over over yeah. Tippi Hedron. He's always coming around throwing birds at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the guy in Starship, Starship Troopers who loses his legs is the guy who loses his arms in Total Recall. 
Michael Ooh. Ironside. Yes. Michael Ironside. So that, maybe that's so where you need to move on to. Poor man's Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. Michael could, Ironside. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, so the, mid, so the mid-level Jack Nicholson is, um, oh, what's his face? Christian uh, Slater. Christian Slater. Yeah, so this yeah. is the, the, the budget version. When Heathers came out, that was literally like a man doing a, yeah. a Jack Nicholson impression. Yeah, it was Jack it? Nicholson height oh, of his right, cocaine. Yeah. It's extraordinary, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, during the course of this podcast, we will uh, we will talk about football at some point. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Since we were last with you, uh, there have been two games, uh, both of which we lost 3-2. The Bournemouth game, which Jim and I went to. Uh, Jim can't be here today, uh, but uh, we, we had a lovely day out to Bournemouth. I collected him from the Priory at <laughs> um, about eight in the morning, and... Uh, we got in his car and, 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 and then I realised he didn't own a car and <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of muffled shouting and banging from the boot and uh, yeah, someone from the primary. Um, but we met up with Michelle Gabriel um, uh, and her son Tom and uh, had a lovely day out. Uh, bar the result. Extraordinary ground. It's 11,000 mm. 11, seats, Bournemouth. And it's really like uh, watching a you know, watching Sutton United or something like that. The players, you can more or less put a hand on them as they take a throw in. Sort of great, great to see that. And a contrast to our, the Thunderdome yeah. that we're now in. Quite. That's What's that, like the upper Trevor Brooking stand? Yeah. yeah that's, 11, yes. Probably yeah, about 11, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm jealous because the, the uh, Bournemouth away was my number one away target this year. Mm. And I fell short by one priority point. So you need to have about 20 odd priority points or as Jim does in a yeah. way season ticket yeah. to get Bournemouth tickets because it's such a small allocation. The allocation is 1,000. Oh, so yeah. you're already oh, right. nearly a tenth of their crowd. Yeah, right? that's, if, that's if you turn up with a bunch of yeah, yeah. Right, Jim, dibs on next year. Phil's, won- Phil's gone this year. I'm taking <laughs> next year thank you very much that's not how it works Benji well, well that's I, not how it I works. just said did but it was a uh, no that's not how it works it isn't it isn't, it yeah, isn't how it works so, yeah. but um you know we can more or less sort of fold it into a discussion of the kind of Leicester game as well because a lot of the same things we really are serially not coming out the traps in, mm, in yeah. the beginnings mm, yeah, of yeah, games yeah. now we were doing that a lot at the beginning of the season obviously the you know um uh, West Brom away, we conceded, you know, like three before half time or something. Yeah. City away, yeah. uh, both I went to both of those games, and we just didn't turn up. You know, we just didn't. You know, the other team sort of come out of the traps really quick, and we're just not ready. We're not ready for the whistle. Well, there's the two. There's two West Ham's this this season. It seems there's the one that when we're losing, I mean, when we lose mm-hmm. a game, there's two West Ham's. There's the one that is just beaten within, but, but seven minutes. Like, yes, two goals. Two goals and then you have minutes. this the one that lost to Chelsea the other day where they come out steaming for yeah. the first half an hour 20 minutes yeah. and then throw it away slowly yes, yes. and Chelsea were brilliant I mean you can't yeah, argue yeah, with yeah. that they were great but that's the, we seem to be losing both ways yes that's right yes yes terrifying actually. and it's worrying in fact I mean you know we are um, because both Bournemouth and certainly Chelsea I mm. think some of us walked away from Chelsea going you know the mistakes were bad mm. but actually there was a half a game of possibly the best we've played in in that stadium in yeah. in that Chelsea match, but sort of in the same game, and we're losing games playing badly and losing games playing well, and yeah. it's you know the possibility of being sucked in. It's one of those things like, you know, oh, it's going to be, the vote's going to be remain and, uh, <laughs> oh, Hillary's going to win. That you sort of go, you know, oh, we're not going to go down. We're playing awfully, but we're not going to, but, but you're kind of going, well, you know, lose 
There twice. is a slight. These ca- are two yeah. games we sort of had, were looking to win, really. Leicester or Bournemouth. Absolutely. Teams below yeah. us. A slight caveats on on both. Like Bournemouth, annoying, and this seems to happen to us rather a lot. Bournemouth arrested their slide the week before we played them yeah. with their draw at United. Mm. And Leicester, as we know, have, have absolutely turned 180 degrees since, since Ranieri went. And, and what we got in that first 20-odd minutes this weekend was Leicester of last season. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and to be fair to us, I guess, Leicester of last season are one of the most compelling teams in recent Premier League yes, history. Yes. So it's yeah. not... And again, <clears throat> As you say, Chelsea are Chelsea. And they, yeah. they, they were so brutal in punishing our mistakes. There wasn't a huge amount we can do. No, no. For, for me, the alarm bells aren't going. But there is certain clear narratives are emerging, which is we're really poor defensively at the moment. We're, however, you, you can sort of offset that by saying when we get our asses in gear, we're really, really good going forward at the moment. It's just... You can't do both. You, yeah. you can't do both. Otherwise, you become a sort of Keegan-esque team that will, but but not quite good enough to win those games. Tony, your dad had a f- texted you five <laughs> words to describe yes. the so, game. Yeah, I couldn't make uh, it to the Leicester game because I was on holiday. on holiday. So the match report from my dad. I said five words. He's he's texting me what reads out actually a bit like a odd haiku. It's five words. Yep. But he's given some brackets to. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Slow mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. Steaming at the finish. Blind first half passing, shy of the ball, nervous for the future. Yeah, wow. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So how? No, I think that's right. It? I think um, a sp- everything in the second half that worked in the midfield didn't work in the first half. Every pass in the first half was under hit or over hit. Um, someone you know, went for a give and go that didn't come back to them mm. or someone, you know, gave the give for a give and go, went and the person didn't see the go. <laughs> right. You know, they just, they, they, too many players in that first half were below par. And actually there were some that were kind of below par for the whole game. I thought, uh, oddly, until he went off with his injury, Obiang was sort of out of sorts. Mm. Uh, Fernandez, when he half. replaced him, was excellent. Fernandez was excellent, yes. Yeah. Best, best game I've seen him for West Ham. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, Antonio, I thought... Uh, you know, didn't have his best game for us, and, and what by what, his high standards. Yeah. But what, but what's very apparent about him, and this this doesn't change really, regardless of whether he's having a great game or a bad game, is he has no guile <laughs> whatsoever. There's just no, you know, he isn't a sort of. Sometimes when they're really cooking, sort of Obiang and Lanzini and Noble and maybe you know someone like Ayu certainly Sacco and Valencia last season had almost Arsenal-like intricate ball play between mm-hmm. them. Antonio would not really be a part of that necessarily. No, and Lan- they picked out Lanzini for that on Match of the Day. And, and, and what they were saying, as always with Match of the Day, is, is slightly hamming it up. But he has developed this kind of confidence and centrality in our team over the last few weeks that is the epitome of that goal. The, the thing with Antonio, it reminds me, I can't remember who, I think it was Barney Renee in The Guardian, once described Lukaku as a runaway fridge. <laughs> where, and, and Antonio's got something of that yes, about him. That yeah. When he gets going, my mm. God, you try and stop his him. But, new model. but you're right, he's, yeah. he's, not a, he's not a player of real sort of subtlety. He's a, he's a bit like a, you know, perhaps not quite as good Moses. And, and, and I remember saying about oh, Moses last Moses. season. He's better than mm. Moses. Uh, well, I'm not sure I'd agree, but but you know, let's say they're the same. But they they're slight self starters. They quite often begin whatever it is <laughs> yeah. they do, yeah. and yeah, they yeah. sort of do yeah. it all on their own. They yeah. don't link up plays. Not really part of their sort of game. But um, yeah, but too many of us, you know, it was 
uh, like an, you know another one of your dad's words because the thing about passing but also slow we just came out of the block mm. slowly Leicester were really at it and we weren't we mm. were just not at it same with Bournemouth Bournemouth we also I suppose one thing that, that, that joins those two games is that because of the injury to Noble the Leicester game for, for about 16 minutes or something until Reed went off went uh, had the lineup that people were slightly crying out Pushing for. Pushing for, yeah. Kiyati not at right back, but mm-hmm. it holding midfield. Byram, who is a right back at right back. Uh, Lanzini in the middle rather than on the wings. Uh, at Bournemouth, it started with the guy you want in the middle is wide left. Um, the guy you want will ride right is up top, yeah. Antonio. Faguli's out on the wing. Kiyati, who you want in the middle, is at right back. Everything is like, just needs moving around. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Kiyati at right back is worse than Antonio at right back. I yes. Agree. I don't think yes. I've seen anyone worse at right back. No, no. Byron was another positive to come out of the game, I think. I, 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 ultimately, I, I think Byron's got a low ceiling. I don't, I don't think he, you're going to get much more ever than an 8 out of 10 performance for him. And I think he was sort of bordering on maybe 7 at the, at the weekend. And, and another positive I thought was Ayu. It, it is very, yes. very clear that Ayu is a significant upgrade on Faguli in that position. He's got a real brain on him, Ayu. He, he cocked up his one-on-one and that was really difficult to take but mm. broadly speaking I think he's a good footballer he's and we yes. paid 20 own, I totally he's agree into his own we slowly, paid 20 million yeah, pounds for him play him yeah. surely yeah, yeah yeah yes absolutely I mean and he's better and he's also he's better than Antonio up front with yes, Carroll you know uh, or yeah. close to Carroll so, however you're playing because because he has he, because he does have a bit of guile about him Antonio should be on one of the wings yeah. running so do you, you, know, do you agree that, that, that our, right now let's assume Sacco's permanently crocked which he kind of is that, that our perfect front three is Carroll with Antonio and Ayu either side yeah I, w- I mean I would sort of because we've seen twice this season uh, Bilic fix a problem by either going from three five two two four four two or f- the other way around three five two two four four two that might have been what I just said, but you know <laughs> the, the other you know he 's gone from one to the other and from the yeah. other one to the previous one both times, so I think we should have the we should have the capacity to switch to the other form you know in, in all yeah. games, and we sort of generally do the slight issue you have there is that you are completely and utterly relying on Carol i mean there 's nothing else you can do about no that. no. Uh, I don't know. We must have other strikers on our books. I don't know why none of them are... <laughs> well, Cagliari and Fletcher. They're never given a go. I mean, but but Carroll Carr is, is a vastly superior player to any of those. The only person when that he's can... Fit. When he's fit. sure. He can't play 90 minutes every week. It, it's just, yeah, I agree. No, I Sacco's think. back in training, which is encouraging, but I, you know, he's but more I, of a crock than Carroll. It's but a, I think an undertold story, though. Yeah. I think, you know, you've got to... Billich has to have a look at his kind of out and out thinking and tactics if it is, if Carroll is that guy, because the fast attacking breaks that, that, that Leicester, you know, predicate their sort of style on. That was a bit like us last year, you know, mm. away at Arsenal, away at Liverpool. Mm. It was breaking with pace and Carroll doesn't give you that. Carroll, sure. what, what he does when, a sort of Allardyce type four five sort of four five one doesn't work. Is he sort of comes and joins the midfield now because mm-hmm. he gets a bit bored. So you're kind of playing with six yeah. guys just running and around weirdly, in the middle. Weirdly, he used to be pretty good at breaking Carroll. He just isn't. Do you know what? Given that chance anyway, you, we- you don't play that way when he's no. there because he's so big. You know. Well, totally. And a few weeks ago, I can't remember which game it was. I think it was Chelsea. 
um, I found I found myself I, I found myself asking myself a sort of almost metaphysical question, which is: if you are breaking with Mark Noble and Andy Carroll, does it still count as a break? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that actually happened, and it was genuinely <laughs> hilarious seeing us yeah. trying to break. Yeah, with yeah, those yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you would get a sort of a a, my, a, a sort of a breakette involving yeah. Mark Noble and he would literally sabotage his own break by doing that 360 degree yeah, thing no, he doesn't do, go do right I'd better slow this yeah. down let's slow things yeah. down now and I'll I'll go to two yards further back from where I just was no. by doing my 360 degree it's quite clever it's working out do you know I haven't got this in me so I'm going to stop it right now yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we're running out of time but can I just also give a special mention to Andy Carroll's fabulous air header which led to their second goal yes it was extraordinary yes. very sort of headed it with his ponytail yes and then it <laughs> it was brilliant that's happened twice for goals because no. um the west bromwich albion equalizer was defending a corner if carol yes. um sort of in a way unchallenged had risen to head the ball away we would have won that game uh mm-hmm. 2-1 but Obiang, just the top of Obiang's head, <laughs> took it away from yeah. uh, from Carroll's head, and they scored yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just going to take a little break now, and we'll be back after this. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no, that's that's the acting. <laughs> from behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back. Um... But the second half of uh, that game, it did have, there, there, were, there were positives. I thought Byram was very good. In the second half, we did a lot of putting crosses in, but I felt they were slightly speculative and not really to anyone. Carroll's not quite at Pete Carroll yet, where he's causing absolute havoc. He's, he seems like he's just a yard short of quite a lot yeah, of his balls. Yeah. And, and, and I hope within a few <clears throat> weeks he's there. I mean, as you said, mate, like, you're always just wincing every time he goes out oh, for a header. There was one where he kind of like did this Superman dive across a Leicester centre back, and you're just thinking, Andy, you know <laughs> what happens periodically yeah. to your body. Your you, joints are made of spaghetti. Is this really <laughs> the right thing to it's do? It's that combo of that you you really admire his commitment, <laughs> yeah. Head, yeah, yeah. but then you're so fearful he's going to smash the pieces. Well, Billy <laughs> said it himself in one of his standard columns. He was like, "I'm having to tell tell Andy Carroll not to give one thousand percent in training." I was like, <laughs> "Well done, Slavin." But then Andy Carroll got injured in training the next week. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah. yes. Um, because that you know that happened a lot, especially with Jarvis and Downing in the team, is that they it seems that they're almost honoring their optimus stats more than <laughs> yeah. seeing what's happening in the game because Jarvis would 
you know, sometimes you'd see him think about hitting it low across the box and go, no, I'll, I'll dink it to sort of head height, regardless Anywhere. of whether Carroll's there or not. Right. So it just gets yeah. caught by the goalkeeper. And that happens. Schmeichel caught quite a few on Sunday mm. in the second half. Well, he, and, he and was I exceptional, think, yeah. I sort of think, why make that cross if you really aren't... 80% sure that one of our players will get it. When you've got two big blokes, central defenders in the box and a goalkeeper, and you sort of put the ball at the, the perfect height for any of those three to deal with it, why are you doing that? Yeah. You know, it's sort of, I'd rather hit it low and hope for there is a bit of leg pinball, yeah. you know. I mean, um, and there's always the crowd of just have a crowd, crowd of just have a shot. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's sort of, it's not a tactical thing to do, but it's sort of true sometimes. Yes. Have a proper shot. Yeah, you don't yeah. always have to search for the thing you did in training. The slight caveat is, is that if that game had lasted for another 20 minutes, we, we, we would have won it. And, and even though the way we were playing up to Carroll, an unfit Carroll, was, was, was slightly um, repetitive, he did actually, I think I was, I was looking at the stats, he created four goal-scoring opportunities, he got an assist, mm-hmm. he won 20-odd aerials. Like, it, it, I don't actually think the problem necessarily on on Saturday was anything chronic or really fatal. I, I think that ultimately we were up against a team that won the league last year. And when I say that, I mean that was the Leicester team. They were playing in the way that won them the league last year. Mm. And I think we have there's a slight expectation management thing going on here. And I, and I wonder if you're going to come on to talk about the Mark Noble comments in the week. Yes, because yes. I ultimately right now we are a mid-table side. We are sort of plus minus three three positions maybe, Mm-mm. and there is part of this this move to this new you know coliseum that I think a lot of fans are, are now suddenly expecting instant uh, grandeur and a, an inevitable march up the league. And when Mark Noble said, "Do you know what? Some of these fans don't actually know what they're talking about." I agreed with him. (laughs) And he got a hammering for it. And and, and so what's happened in the last few weeks is we lost to the the team that are running away with the league. We lost to a very, very good team at home in Bournemouth Mm -hmm. who had just come out of a slump. When teams come out of a slump, Mm -hmm. they tend to move on with momentum. And we just lost to to last year's champions. I don't think this is any kind of crisis. Uh, I think it's just frustrating in that it's a lot of it is unforced errors. Yeah, Uh, It's defensively and it's those bits of the defence that every single fan has been complaining about for the last two seasons mm, mm. and they haven't got a, a decent right back. But what is it? I can't well, I think my no finger on it with our defence. Like, what is our problem in defence? Sort of- well, at the beginning of the season, I think a defence works as a unit and, and those, those uh, you know, the Watford, the, um, the West Brom and the City... Because our fullbacks were like, you know, there was this new guy because Cresswell wasn't there, and then there's an attacking midfielder at right back. So our fullbacks, you know, I think they sort of, you know, they work a lot sort of with each other, uh, the back four of a team. And I think that that, you know, Ogbonna and, well, actually, at the beginning of the season, he started with Collins, and uh, I'll sort of come on to that in a minute because Mm. he just doesn't, you know, Winston Reid was injured, there's a centre back on the bench. But he'd rather move an attacking midfielder mm. to the centre for to centre back than play Collins. You just go, well, sell him in the summer. Also, that you know, we can't really, and, and we won't. But why did you then sell Tompkins if mm. if you know yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. if if you if you sign this you know, and, and we say aging, he's thirty three, and I've Vincent Company's probably about thirty three. There's mm. lots of you know mm. for a central defender that's that's not particularly old, but. He did sign a 33-year-old to a new contract and let a 27-year-old go. Yeah, and, and then played 
Collins over Ogbonna, which seemed like a mistake at the beginning of the season, and then dropped Collins, and now Collins is really sort of out of the frame. Twice, I think, he's had a central defender on, a pit, on the pitch, but moved someone else to the central defensive position oh, instead I, of playing Surely Collins would make a better right-back than a midfielder. I still well, think you, it would be... You're, you're, yeah. you're getting to the point where you're getting an attacking winger... To, to play right, right back. back. Yeah. Surely Collins is a better choice. Yeah. If he's I think if, if anything, Phil, what you're saying right. about the issue with continuity, I think that probably, if you had to put your finger on one thing, that's probably it. I think I, I, I remember um, looking up the last time we played a right back at right back for two consecutive mm. games. And it was something like last February. Mm. And actually since I remember mentioning that on this pod, well, suddenly Kiate's become a right back. He's our latest yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. right back in inverted commas. So, yeah. But the thing about the, you know, the level we're at as well is that Byram, you know, people on, you know, social media are, are sort of rather sneery and dismissive about Byram. Don't think he's mm. very good. But, uh, you know, at the level we're at, he's, He's our level, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. And, and another another thing is, I mean, I thought I thought that um, Saturday. Oh, by the way, I thought Masuaku. Masuaku's got the All of our subs he's got well. the chops of a midfielder. Mm. He's he's a, got a great range of passing. Kills a ball when it's passed to him, no matter at what speed. He's a, quite a flashy footballer. Mm. He's quite a classy player. He is one of those that then might be really suspect defensively and yeah. certainly was at the beginning I of the season. I feel that there's a few players that have come in at the beginning of the season, late last season, who have been just written off. Yeah. And they've never been really given... Maybe they have been given a second chance. They've certainly not been given a third. And they're just... They sort of don't. They don't get clapped on. They, they get no. almost sort of yeah. ironically sort of cheered when they when anything good. I, I mean, Faguli scored two games back and three games back, and there wasn't. It wasn't a proper. Cheer. It's still it was really yeah. Yeah, strange. Still kind of written off. Yeah. Going, oh, yeah. like a sort of ironic angle. It's to do with no, what we scored, were. We you know? were sort of told, I guess, is that you know this this is a and and this is this contributed to Paya leaving. I think is, is that we were told that we we're going to be getting some real blockbuster signings mm. and, and, and we just didn't. The Faguli thing, I, I, I realised what it is that does my head in about Faguli um, and it was the thing that did my head in about, about Masuaka until this game he has an amazing habit of doing something really good and then instantly doing something really bad <laughs> yeah. just as you're like ah, do you know what that Faguli's alright he'll do yeah. something stupid yeah. Yeah. and vice versa um, Fernandez, I thought was very good when he came on because I it really made me cross with Fletcher and Fernandes is that, you know, while they're at that age, a commodity that you should really be able to rely on is youthful enthusiasm. Yeah. And I've seen them sort of come on quite a lot and kind of just do their job a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a game, I can't remember which game it was, but um, f- um, f- f- Fletcher started and didn't once try and close the goalkeeper down. Right. When a back pass right, went in. Right. And the second half he did. And I think the whole team had had a rocket. But it's like when you're young, that's exactly what you should, you should yeah. scamper around like a terrier. Remember for the what whole Joe game. Cole was like when he was young, yeah. very young. And Look he at Marcus on. Rashford this last few seasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Given his chance, he sees sort of, Absolutely. Yeah, not, and uh, Fernandez, yeah. yeah, I just sort of saw, you know, Fernandez go sort of shoulder to shoulder with someone and sort of give up because they went past him. But I think being told see what Obiang does, you do that. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. that. Do what he does. That's the best 
bit of football I've seen um, Fernandez play, and I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I'm, I'm encouraged. Agreed. Because- I think you're right. He did a bit of everything in his sort of cameo. He was mm, mm. good. He, he broke quickly. He broke up play in the kind of Obiang role. Yes. He distributed the ball well. All, all of the subs. Who, who was the third sub? So there was Masawaku who did all right. There was um, well, Byron Fernandez. came on. And oh no, Byron started. Uh, so. Oh, Snodgrass came on, didn't Snodgrass, he? Snodgrass, yeah. Um, actually, I was referring to Byron. The three players who you might have put question marks over acquitted themselves quite well, I thought. Mm. Um, before we leave it, Randolph, um, you know, I, I, history's been a little unfair to Adrian now, I think. Again, in talking about the kind of level of footballer that we can, we can realistically expect to get, there seems to be a sort of slight... Um, disconnect when people think about goalkeepers compared to outfield players mm. is that that people you know people sort of don't complain because uh, Antonio's not as good as Messi <laughs> but goalkeepers don't escape that at all it's like no. you know and uh, Adrian you know one of the sort of Facebook groups that that, that goes with this podcast uh, this is someone who just absolutely just hated Adrian from the beginning. Really? He kind of went, his distribution's awful. And I sort of thought, well, I've been to every home game, I think, mm. and I've seen him sort of kick it into the crowd accidentally, you know, mm. maybe twice, you know. In this week that this guy says, oh, his distribution's awful, um, QPR and Man City came to us. Um, Joe Hart kicked it into the crowd accidentally and put his hand up in apology, and Robert Green did. Right. Once each in either of those games. <laughs> if you've seen it twice from Adrian in 19 home games, yeah, yeah. and, you know, two guys come that you only see once, and they do it once each in that game. It, it's like that thing when, uh, in, the t- in the Avram Grant season, about three times in half a season, Mark Noble over-enthusiastically tackling, gave a free kick away sort of just right. outside the area. And now it is a bit like that, you fuck one sheep joke. People <laughs> still go, oh, Noble's a, li- he's a, he's a liability, yeah. he gives away things. You go, no, you just remember that. And totally that's your right. lazy piece of p- armchair football critic, football, pub assessment. Football fans are amazing at turning a few isolated events into it. In, that's into what this player's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, um, the, the thing with Adrian, the problem I have is that I'm unable to have a real prop- a real opinion about him because when he scored that penalty uh, against yeah, Everton, exactly Everton I was going to bring he, yeah, yeah. he stole a piece yes. of my heart yeah, forever yeah. therefore yeah. my judgment also, cannot be trusted that should be he one was amazing last he really was so I, I mean you never ever would have guessed he would be the second choice keeper this season at the end no, of no, last no. season no 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 and I actually I think they're of a very equal very level similar. they're they're um Randolph is really bad at coming off his line. He's really indecisive at mm. coming off his line. Adrian is very decisive. And oh, yeah. the, the thing that got him dropped yeah, right. was he yeah. was wrong. Yeah. But at least he made a fucking decision. They both got their ups. They're both great keepers. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I think that the thinking would have been that one would be for Cup and Europe and one would be for Premier. Yes, yes. And those have we gone away. <laughs> so who now... Would you, take Joe chosen, would you take Joe Hart? I think you'd be mad not to. So, so would you put him, because I think what, what Phil's saying is totally right, the margins between a great goalkeeper or a perceived mm. great goalkeeper and a quite good one is relatively slim. And uh, whilst I think that Joe Hart probably is in an echelon slightly above yeah, those two, yeah. it's not dramatically. I don't think so. so I think yeah. if you're, there's only 11 of you, aren't there? There's, only, mm-hmm. there's 20 of you, 20 you're the, and in the Premier League, which means you're probably 
in the top 50 goalkeepers in the world if you're a Premier yeah. League goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. So they're all going to be pretty They're good. all right. They're totally otherwise right. you're not there. And if they didn't make mistakes, goals wouldn't be scored. No, and it's yeah, rarely yeah, their fault. Yeah, yeah. It's so rarely And who really fault. are the world-class keepers in the Premier League? The ones that you can absolutely say, like, without hesitation, it's probably Courtois. Yeah. It's, um, it's what's his Czech name? Spurs. His, his Czech, Czech is on his, on his way out. Well, yeah. you know, that guy uh, that Watford have now, Gomez, mm. who is, he looks all right to me now. When yeah, he first yeah. came to Spurs, he, they spent quite a lot of money on him and he was kind of calamitous yeah, yeah. so he was sort of tarred with this brush of he is a joke yeah. he is a joke would you he's, remember a, terrible he's absolutely not and he's absolutely right. fine would you yeah. remember Czech's first game when he moved if you if he'd come from oh, a, yeah. a team you didn't yeah, know yeah. You, you, you would have gone this guy's shine yeah, yeah. it's, it's only because he was at Chelsea all that time before yeah. one thing that came out of uh, the Portsmouth game um, the Portsmouth game the Leicester game um, which we'll talk about uh, uh, I uh, as you know, I get these emails from the club. Uh, uh, we often do. And this one is uh, there's an email from the treatment room uh, from Stin Vandenbroek, who is head of medical and sports science. And I thought I'd read it out. It's one of the things uh, uh, he says. Um, on top of a disappointing result, the Leicester game has taken its toll on the squad. Pedro Obiang suffered a serious ankle injury and will miss the rest of the season. Manager Slaven Bilic sees this injury, injury as a direct consequence of his being picked to play for the team and a vindication of his decision earlier in the season to leave him out, even though it was obvious to literally everyone in the world that he was really good. If Pedro hadn't been repeatedly playing football, said the manager, this horrible injury might never have happened. In not playing our right-back Sam Byram at right back or at all I may be saving his life <laughs> Winston Reid arguably in the form of his life was therefore furious after limping off with over 18 minutes on the clock he raged <laughs> but ever the fighter he vowed to return stronger than ever <laughs> he boomed Winston then enthused about his new defensive partner Jose Fonte He's right. He gushed. <laughs> a hamstring strain will force Mikhail Antonio to withdraw from the England squad. The medical staff was slow to recognise this injury as one of Mikhail's trademark goal celebrations involves clutching the back of his thigh and grimacing <laughs> with pain. Mikhail is distraught at missing out on an England place as he's been working closely with choreographer Arlene Phillips on a goal celebration which involves picking up Raheem Sterling and holding him aloft whilst the rest of the players bow down. You know, like that bit in The Lion King. <laughs> Kyle's rehabilitation has already begun. Paul work allows players to mobilise muscles whilst keeping weight off the leg. And Mikael has already created several Busby Barkley-style routines with a local girls' synchronised swimming team. Once he's able to put weight on the leg, we intend to start Mikael on some gentle pop and lock before moving on to moonwalking with the development squad. Medical staff hope to have him back in time for the Arsenal game, for which he is preparing a celebration recreating Tony Adams' drink-driving conviction. <laughs> So, uh, but those Thanks, those Steve. guys are out. Reed uh, Obiang's out until the end of the season. How bad is Antonio? Bad is Antonio? Well, he's missing the England game this week, and they think he could be four four weeks, oh, something shit. like that. And yeah. Reed, they think, could be four weeks as well. well Reed is more terrifying. To yeah, me. yeah, I think midfield we've got cover, but I don't know what we do. No, no, we do Basically. look a bit of a different team without Antonio. I think there's less yeah. thrust. We're less dangerous yeah. Yeah. in the break. Yeah, but I think yeah. IU coming in maybe yes, sort of right. that might be. Snodgrass was very ordinary. I thought mm. against. Leicester. I mean, he's yet to have a game where I'm like, oh, this guy, Snodgrass, yeah. 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 yeah, because he was he was a real. Um, 
he was a big fish in a relatively small pond yeah. at Hull. He's yeah. actually a sort of medium-sized fish amongst other medium-sized fish. I think we just had to West splash Ham. some cash, didn't we? If Hull yeah. went down, we could get him for four million in the summer. Well, yeah, I thought it was just... purely a, uh, it was just a replacement for Paye's free, free kick kicks. delivery, or you know, re- free kicks and corners. But actually, he only takes the ones that are taken on the right hand side. Ooh, Lanzini's one good, wouldn't it? Well, oh, yeah. so Great. good, so good. And the keeper didn't fantastic. even move. The keeper was having the game of his life didn't even move. No, no. It was, I, I mean, now he'll probably take all of them and he won't score one for but 10. But Cresswell but. scores good corners. It's, yeah. It takes well, good free kicks. Well, this yeah. is yeah. the irony is that, is that our, our Lanzini's free kick, or free kicks are exposing, hold on, why did we spend 11 mil on Snodgrass again? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's yeah. a funny one. But we'll we, see, we we'll see. We just keep buying midfielders. I don't know why yes, we keep buying. Look, we yeah, can't yeah. help us. Yeah. And they're all pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not the problem. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, Torre, we must get rid of him because <laughs> it's, even, still it's like Ayu is exactly. the good... It's like Ayu... Ayu and Antonio are the good Figuli who is the better Torre. <laughs> yeah, and, just and goes, actually, yeah, all of them are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, take the one off yeah. the bottom and now we've got Snodgrass as well. It's crazy. Yeah. Snodgrass has very little pace though. Um, yeah, you're so You know, right. and one of those guys have got to have pace. I think Figuli is quicker than Ayu, but Ayu seems to have a better range of, yeah, sort of ball control. Yeah, what Figuli does vision. with the speed is not always no, great no, no. I, I worry with Snodgrass we've fallen for the classic agent's trick of player of course, has amazing yeah, half a season and mm. it's like quick get a move. Yeah. Interesting we've got Hull next haven't we? Yeah I'm going. Yes we do. It'll be yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm got a ticket I might not go there <laughs> it's a long way Hull, yeah, is, Hull is the European capital of culture it is, it is is that this year or next year yeah. I mean you can never tell with you Hull. know so I mean, whatever year it is it's going to be roughly the same <laughs> hole we know <laughs> It's gonna have, it's gonna have like a bonfire display and a little wax museum. Well, I, I'm looking forward to the football, but also the museums. Yeah, you yeah. know, because they do they have do they have those? Yeah, they've, they've, yeah. There'll be musicians. There'll be musicians. Museums of uh, industry up in Hull, presumably. I'm just isn't all of the north, but if it's the capital of culture, there's old docks. Yes, but sure, it's the capital of culture. Surely you, you can't move for culture up there. I mean, no, this, that's what I've heard about. Of, that's why I'm yeah, going. Yeah. <laughs> we have to wrap this up. Um, we could briefly sort of say a sentence about. Uh, um, Last week it was sort of deemed uh, convenient in a way that Noble had an injury that sort of dropped him out of the team because, and I didn't really see this article, but uh, but but there was a, uh, I think I saw articles that quoted an article that pre-existed, which was Mark Noble, you know, lashes out mm. at fans and says they don't know what they're talking about, which sounded very un-Mark Noble, and I think in context. It, it, it was uh, to do with the fact that he had been getting a lot of flack on social media, which mm. I haven't really seen. Any I've seen from, quite a lot of it. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's, I think the, the more... I think he probably had a couple of bad games and then the, the more extreme people on it's Twitter and Facebook yeah, just yeah. go at him. And I think... Yeah, and then it gets... The reporting of what he actually said is insane. Yeah. He didn't say anything And it, I've got to say, the, the response to, to, to Mark Noble's... <laughs> A, a couple of bad performances mm. and something that might vaguely irk them is ridiculous. If you are having a go at Mark Noble mm. on Twitter or Facebook, have a long, hard look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, we've, no one will ever claim that Mark Noble is some sort of Iniesta. But in terms of a club servant, someone that represents who we are and, and frankly, has continued to be good enough to be, let's say, in our squad, maybe not always in our mm. first team, despite mm. the fact that we've improved and improved and improved over the last five, ten years. The guy's a Marvel and, mm. and, and I, I really can't understand and it. The, the, the weird conspiracy theories that it gets to with some of these people that 
on the more extreme com- the more extreme commenters of mm. because he's Mr. West Ham he always gets a game that's the only reason he gets a game yeah. and it's, then you can just go in a circle and say yes, well, it's crazy, isn't how it? did he ever get there if he's that bad well actually you know, you, know what, you, put, you put Mark Noble in, into the middle of Arsenal's team and they'd play better yeah. they, he, he is a leader he might not be when we were talking about this at the weekend Phil mm. he might not be the best player he might not actually be good enough to get in our first 11 mm. but the impact he has as a captain is significant he's well, just made a couple of mistakes yeah. that's really. it he's been a slight victim over the years of his versatility because he, yeah. he started as a kind of an attacking midfielder mm. and it was Alan Kirbishley that sort of made him play as a kind of holding midfielder and then you thought pretty much that uh, when we went down to the championship and that if Scott Parker stayed, you'd mm. be saying goodbye to Mark Noble because this new bloke was going to turn up called Kevin Nolan. And you thought, right, well, they'll be, yeah, they'll be yeah. the heart of midfield. But he sort of, um, you know, Allardyce played all three and yeah. then Parker went and it went back to being Noble again. These and are you the same sort of fans. thought he's out of the door. Of These will be the same fans, I'm sorry to say, that will have been losing their shits because he didn't get in the England squad last year. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Like, yeah. it, the, people have got such short memories. Yeah. And when it comes to someone like Mark Noble, he, he has earned our respect and also a little bit of forgiveness when it comes to the yeah. occasional yeah. bad performance. Yeah, also, yeah. The, also, I think that every fan has the right to say he's had a bad game. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so they shouldn't be lumped in with the people that are just sort of just full of bile, really. With yeah. Totally right. That's it. Unfortunately, well, it like that it's the, um, because Allardyce was such a kind of divisive figure. Uh, Nolan then, by default, became a kind of touchstone for kind of argument. Mm. In that, people, when when you said or one said or I said, because I did. Uh, he's a bit of a stumbling block in that midfield because someone more creative like Joe Cole when we had him or Ravel Morrison doesn't go in that kind of number 10 role where mm. they don't actually have to run around right? they've just got to be a kind of linchpin well no, Nolan goes there and that was mm. a shame but that's again isn't really a reflection on Nolan's ability it's a reflection on the manager sort mm-hmm. of you know yeah. and, and, and any, any flack that comes Noble's way because there are perhaps better players in than him in that position isn't a reflection on Mark Noble it's a reflection on the manager yeah. and, you know and if the manager also, doesn't recognise if maybe Noble does start to hit the downward gradient of his career he might need a game off yes. he might need half a game off I think that, that if there lot, is a problem you're right it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, and you're totally right the bile is almost it's a symptom of, of, a, of a broader trend on the internet right now which is having, a, having an opinion isn't enough it has to be a very strong yeah, it's, opinion it's, well, yeah. the, the, the stadium itself it's not yeah. it can't just be Oh, there's some problems with the stadium. Yeah. There has to be ah, oh, and the things they said about it's Karen Brady when they yes, yes. that sort of stuff. It's I agree. I, I take, take a look at yourself. Completely yeah. agree. All right, that's it for uh, this edition uh, of Stop Hammer Time. With me have been Benji Lanyardo. Good night, and Tony Way. Goodbye. Uh, come on, you irons. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203-817-4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.